0: Welcome to the L&D podcast with your host Nick Day of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. This podcast is sponsored by Think Learning, specialists in learning and performance technologies. Visit thinklearning.com to find out more.
1: Hello and welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast sponsored by Think Learning. Today I am joined by Lars Highland, Chief Learning Officer at Tatara Learning. Lars has a deep knowledge of learning technology in all its forms and is passionate about how it can be harnessed to deliver effective and engaging learning experiences both in the workplace and in education. He has over 27 years of experience in the design and implementation of large-scale learning programs and performance improvement solutions, and he has worked with a wide range of international organizations, including Sky, Tesco, Nestle, Amex, and McDonald's, to name just a few. Lars also has the expertise and experience of working within the higher education sector, including the University of Oxford, the University of of Cambridge, The Open University and City University, again, among many others. In 2015, Lars took over as Chief Commercial Officer at Tatara and was responsible for developing Tatara's partner network and worldwide subscribers. He's now working as the chief learning officer responsible for the overall success of Totara's business operations in Europe, Middle East and Africa. And the Totara Learning Platform is an open source, highly flexible platform, which brings powerful freedoms to all organisations with formal and informal learning needs both within the workplace and the extended enterprise. They are used in most industry sectors, and customers range from small to large multinational corporations, so very much a testament to their cost-effectiveness, flexibility, and scalability. So first, I would like to welcome Lars to the LD podcast. Welcome, Lars. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Very Fantastic. good. Fantastic. L&D podcast
0: discovery. Questions to set the scene. Lars, we're very passionate
1: about open source technology. But for anyone else that might not be familiar with this term, are you able to explain what this is and perhaps let the listeners know why you believe this is a key for organizations and for L and D specifically?
2: Yes, of course. Um well a lot of software um that we that we know is is proprietary in nature. And and that means um as a as a customer or as a user, um you have no control or access to that underlying code. So open source technology, well, it means just that it's open for you to inspect, extend, change, and it so, ensures the customer, especially, uh, you know, when we're talking about large organizations or organizations of any shape and size, it's increasingly important to, I think, to have control over that technology that you're investing in. So, and in today's digital landscape, you know, um, there's a lot of change, there's a lot of uncertainty. And as a result, uh, if you're working with proprietary types of software then there's 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 more constraints on you as to when and where and how you can uh, adjust those tools to actually deliver on the business needs that you're facing and and, and if sure. we if we in today's digital landscape and going forward um software does need to be sustainable so oh. strategically that means bringing open technology i think into the heart of those technology investments so that they do retain control and that they've got a wider set of op- of support options available so you're not locked in um, into the pace and commercial stability of any one software vendor you know you've got you've got you've got choice uh, and that freedom especially in a time of rapid change and trying to manage business risks, it gives you much more agility um, over remaining competitive and differentiating yourself in chosen markets. So in short, um, we believe, uh, and I think increasingly the wider sort of technology market is believing that you know it's the right type of strategic choice going forward.
1: Great. Great. Well, that makes sense. And obviously, open source technology is one way that organizations can, can embrace that rapid change that you talk about. How else do you think L&D teams can keep up with the rate of change that's happening with the industry?
2: Well, that's, that's difficult. I know that well, um, working with learning and development folk uh, in, in, you know, across the world. Sure. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of competing calls on the time and attention of learning professionals. And, um, you know, the key thing, though, is, is, is to work out ways to distinguish between the hype. And the helpful technology developments themselves so keeping up with that change uh, i think you know it means cultivating a a deeper more critical understanding of how learning technology actually works and how it actually impacts learning outcomes and uh you know one of the things that we're working on here at totra is is that we we'd like to sort of create a space what we're we're calling that the totra community and to invite learning professionals in to stay up to speed um, so that, you know, how do you keep up to speed with that type of change? I think that's, you know, you need the right sort of places uh, to, to um, collaborate and and, and and find others who are, are dealing with very similar issues and problems. And uh, from our perspective, you know, with our global presence, um, and a lot of our uh, totalist subscribers, as we call them around the world, can do just that through the total community
1: great that's quite rare i think for you know a software provider if you like to to be so collaborative with its users it's not something that i'm as familiar with with some of the other software companies that i've um, i've worked with particularly on the payroll side which slightly different to LD but it's um, it sounds like you're quite a collaborative approach in order to, to to stay ahead of the curve well indeed and our approach at totra
2: um being an open technology company you know we we, we favor Openness and collaboration, and believe that in the round you know that's what will generate success um, for for all of those organizations that that uh, choose to you know leverage our totra solutions and and as for the reasons I've just mentioned before, you know being able to embrace rapid change is is critical sure. and, and to do that, you need to have that control I think, and the freedom to 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 do just that.
1: So obviously, you've seen the industry change significantly over the twenty-seven years. Obviously, at the moment, with technology advancing as quickly as it is, the sort of probably changing faster now than ever before. But from your experience of working with LND for such a long time, what do you think have been the key factors that have driven LND forwards to where it is today? And are you able to remember a time when there was, you know, has been such as was much change as we see today? Well, funny enough, I think that the workplace learning environment, which is which
2: I have been working in. Over 27 years and alongside uh, some of the higher education that you mentioned earlier, but primarily the workplace learning space, I think, has, has sort of moved forward in on two parallel tracks on the technology track. Clearly, that's changed profoundly, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, over the years. So I started life designing um, sort of isolated interactive video disc solutions. Oh, wow. Many listeners won't know, won't know what I'm talking about there, but um, but through CD-ROMs and then onto um, using full HD video streaming across the internet, uh, all from say a, a handheld device. You know the, the the things that we're dealing with now, from a technology perspective, have, has moved very very dramatically. However, our shared sort of understanding of how learning actually works and our ability to design effective learning experiences hasn't really moved at anywhere near that same pace which which makes it very easy to invest in technology solutions yeah. that can have little or no learning impact which is which is uh disappointing sure, clearly sure. and can be expensive but that that said that is changing you know there's a lot more movement now in a deeper understanding of how learning works and there's some exciting things brewing i think around taking that more seriously and leveraging the available technology to to deliver that effective effective learning which will lead to productivity Benefits and and you know improve performance for, for all.
1: Sure, sure. And they're, they're all areas I'm, I'm keen to try and yeah. sort of delve out of you a little bit later on in the podcast. But before we get there, tell us a little bit more about your journey. Then today, you've also got 27 years working in the design implementation of learning programs uh, for, as I mentioned in the introduction, a various number of very sort of big scale large corporate organisations. But how's your journey led you to? To becoming involved with with um, Tatawa learning well uh, well back back in the early 90s which uh,
2: which is when I sort of joined what was a very nascent sector we had different names for it back then um, multimedia computer-based training sure. um, hypermedia a whole, a whole range of forgotten terminology but um, in essence um, I did spot early on uh, that there was this coming together of computer technology and learning and then being able to apply the two together to help people learn more more efficiently and more effectively was would, would grow into something quite significant and and it has um it's 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 and it continues to evolve and it i think it continues to move more center stage but i've worked in uh, a range of what you might call learning content agencies so building interactive learning solutions um for as you say a variety of of large organisations who were interested in reaching thousands of staff sure. uh, to, to to sort of deliver a more effective um, learning experience, and 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 then but then as time goes by and having worked with quite a lot of bleeding edge technologies, you know things things that uh, were were brand new back then, things like you know personal di- uh, digital assistants, which have clearly evolved into full smartphones, yeah, and working on sort of solutions that would meet a particular need with a particular organization but but the reach of those you know may be quite relatively small so that sort of led me down the track to uh, to to totra and totra um, learning and its global sort of influence and being able to get more involved with a much wider reach and a much wider audience to offer a what is a sort of a foundational fundamental open technology solution that can really impact the world of work and we've got that we've now Moved quite quickly, and we've got um, 11 million learners that wow. that use TOTRA around the world. Um, that's 1,600 organisations uh, uh, worldwide, and I think an important sort of community of 7,000 learning professionals that use the product to deliver learning you know, uh, in many, many countries. I think it's 45 countries wow. Wow. around the world. So, so it's very exciting to see how open technology really is being embraced, and it's it, we're making you know uh, I think quite a interesting and disruptive effect on those traditional proprietary software models.
1: So I know from your website, Lars, there's a number of references to Totara disrupting the technology, if you like, or offering a disruptive solution and uh, disrupting the uh, the landscape of LMB technology. I wonder if you could just expand on that in a little bit more detail.
2: Sure. Uh, Totara was founded on four fundamental freedoms, and these are freedom to innovate, the uh, freedom of choice, freedom to save, and the freedom to learn. First and foremost, we believe that organizations need that freedom to innovate, that they need to create a platform that is suitable for their particular needs and that they are able to adapt to change, as I mentioned earlier. And this is about trying to future-proof investment, but in a flexible way, given that you're needing to respond to um, rapid uncertainty and change. Now, to do that, that's... Why we're an open technology. It gives you freedom and access to that code base, particularly through our partner network, to be able to deliver those solutions as and when you need them. that also gives you some choice um, as well. There's a global community of providers that we uh, partner with, and they can offer different Totra implementation solutions and options. Um, these are all over the world, and they face off to different markets and different sectors. Um, and they can take the Totra open technology and deliver. To that in a in a very precise way, down to an individual organisation's way. It, well, it can be bespoke, but it's but it's um, but it's open and okay. flexible. Sure. Uh, so that uh, the key point here is it's not about it's all about you know custom code per se. It's actually more about having a shared technology platform that does evolve, it keeps innovating. We're, we're innovating it uh, that at, at the core, uh, but but partners and organisations are not precluded. From delivering a particular differentiated solution at the point in time they need it, they're not in lockstep with sure. a with a sort of a core roadmap in that way, or, or clearly there is a there's a core roadmap that we provide. Now all of this means that um, there's uh, a, a freedom to save both money and time. Um, there's no expensive software licensing involved. It's based around a subscription model that is is um, based around a, a support a model. And, uh, as a result, the total cost of ownership is significantly less than proprietary approaches. Sure. And you also have that extra addition of flexibility, which all culminates in our, what is our strap line, which is freedom to learn. Um, that means that those organizations can deliver effective learning experiences to their learners and, and therefore meet the business sort of demands that they're facing in whichever region or sector that, they, that they're that they operating in.
1: It's quite a holistic learning environment that you offer. Or well, that you well,
2: yes, it is. Uh, I mean, it's holistic in many different ways in the sense that there's the core functionality that we very much uh, drive the development of with the support and direction of our partners and customers sure. uh, around the world. But there's also a very flexible um, ability to plug in additional functionality uh, or additional modules of functionality that will meet a particular integration requirement uh, etc you know so so that's not unusual arguably but the, the the key difference here is is that if there's a specific need it can be met okay. uh, there's no there's no real obstacle to to doing that other than you know time and dedication to do it
1: So within the the four fundamental freedoms, you mentioned freedom to innovate, freedom to say, freedom to learn. But within the freedom of choice element, you talked about there being a global community of providers that you work with. So I just wanted to find out more as to why Totara have decided to develop um, a a model that supports the global sort of partner network process, if you like. So why have you taken that approach and, and why for your business or for the potential, has it been so successful? Do you see your partners in competition with each other or as a sort of collaborative network? It's, it's kind of a unique approach.
2: It is. Supported open source technology, bit of a mouthful, mm-hmm. but that a supported nature of open source technology, um, I think gives you the best of all worlds. It means that you've got a common, uh, flexible, feature-rich core platform, and that can be harnessed to meet the specific needs of industry sectors, regions, and individual organizations, as i previously mentioned it means that we totara can focus from the outset on the research and development and we work and facilitate expert partners to meet the solution needs of any customers that they have so this this is very scalable it means that we we focus on what we're um, expert at and it allows our partners to be differentiated around the world and to uh, and around all sectors and all, all needs to develop uh, solutions that are very competitive it means that those partners uh, enjoy strong and really Good revenue streams as a result, and that 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 means that there's you know a a very strong and keen focus on customer service and solutions um, that 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 they can deliver. So there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, elements and forces that sort of balance nicely to create a an environment that is that is at its heart quite collaborative. You know, everyone has an interest in developing the total community as a whole, and that leads to us. You know, building functionality that meets the widest sort of community requirements and needs. And yet each individual partner has the freedom to differentiate themselves um, and to, you know, in a very, very focused way, deliver particular customer requirements when and where they need them so answering your question about do you know our partners in competition with each other or is it a, is it more collaborative well it's a bit of both and it depends on the density if you like of partners that operate in any particular perhaps market sure. or region but but in the main we see a willingness to collaborate
1: it must be a fantastic way to stay ahead of the curve as well because presumably all of your network partners were going to be feeding back to you all the time about you know what their clients are looking for new innovations things that may be able to Uh, improve the product or keep it you know ahead of the technology curve if you like so i'm assuming that's part of that collaborative network that you're talking about it's not just collaboration in terms of how the the solution they offer the clients but collaborative coming back to you in terms of how you can continue to develop the product
2: yes absolutely i mean we get a very rich feedback from from all our partners and you know we get quite a good insight into how different sort of regions and markets uh, uh, are focusing on particular functional needs or trends and it's, it's our job it can be quite challenging sometimes to sort of unpick you know those particular uh, priorities etc but you know at its heart what we're what we're trying to do is is facilitate the widest set of opportunities for our partners to to then Go on and and uh, supplement sure. uh, the solutions that they offer their customers. Yeah, so but it's uh, it's a very powerful network effect, if you like, you know, that we see, and it gives us a really strong insight as, as to the sort of direction in which um, the, the sort of learning technology sector is is moving absolutely
1: absolutely I, I don't you may not be able to give any competitive secrets away as such but are there any example recent examples of sort of feedback that's come back that's you've, you know any new developments coming out that you, you're working on as a result of some of that collaborative feedback at the moment on on the LMB side
2: sure well i mean a lot of this um has culminated actually in a, in in a focus that we're taking around our total products and and that is to ensure that um and structure the total products around a, a, a platform. That enables us to deliver um, a series of, of products. So we have TOTRA Learn, which is a learning management yeah. platform that uh, that is very, you know, very popular. And all of this feedback has, has led us to, uh, to to schedule the um, the, the development of. Totra Perform, which is a performance management product, which will take into consideration some big changes in performance management um, around, uh, you know, it's quite a big shift away from the sort of annual appraisal approach. checking in on sort of an annual basis to one that sh- that's more about continuous performance. And more like real-time? Uh, more real-time, exactly, uh, uh, approach. And, um, you know, there's, there's more and more organizations demanding that or wishing they had that type of feedback
1: sure.
2: uh, mechanism in place. And if it's tightly coupled with the learning management um, aspect, so this, the, the learning and development, training, etc. that that is available to your staff, then the combination of the two can be, you know, quite powerful in, in orienting the development needs of, of of individuals across the organization and also to start thinking about how you positively and proactively develop talent spot and, and develop talent across the organizations but also it it this also leads to um Thinking about how individuals socially support each other inside an organization. So social learning, but also collaborating and how they engage. So we, we've also got another product called Total Engage, which is part of that sort of platform approach. So the combination of, of learn, perform and engage is, is is quite comprehensive and very much positions that, that platform for, for what is a modern approach to uh to sort of learning and development support sure. in organizations
1: no, that's yeah a fantastic example i can see how that would be useful in, in recruitment to be honest you know we're always appraising performance here and it's very real time and if we can you know develop our staff at the same time you know when we, if we're able to spot potential training areas of weakness if you like that, that are affecting performance be able to make those changes in, re- in a real-time environment i think is a it is fantastic, it's fantastic, brilliant. But I would like to find out a little bit more about the main priorities that perhaps people should have within LND at the moment. But first, I'd just like to find out a little bit more about you, Lars, if we can. Before we do, we're just going to go to a quick advert break from our sponsors, Think Learning.
0: Engage, learn, perform with Think Learning, specialists in learning and performance technologies. We're experts in solving the challenges of targeting, tracking, training in regulated environments. We have developed the Totara platform to provide a cost-effective, organisation-wide, talent solution that can help you to provide a safer and better place to work. Customisable Workflows promotes engagement through onboarding and induction, whilst an intuitive user interface helps drive ongoing engagement with learning. Bespoke Workflows for performance appraisal and integration to payroll and recruitment systems transform Totara into a powerful and holistic talent platform. You'll find us to be responsive, collaborative and solution focused. Visit thinklearning.com for more information. Time to find out more about you.
1: How would your friends or your work colleagues describe you?
2: Well, you'd have to ask them, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think they think i was a you know, pretty good company and uh, but in a work context you know I'd, I'd like to think that they, you know i helped them to succeed in the, and develop in their roles um that's very much my my main focus as as chief learning officer role here at uh, at Totara learning and uh, you know i think I'd like to think we've got a, a really open and strong culture at totra sure. and it's and that spans by the way where i'm speaking to you from right now which is brighton in the uk on the south coast yeah with our headquarters which is actually in wellington new zealand yeah so we so we from the ground up we've been um been a virtual company but also spanning the globe and um you know we we sort of uh, drink our own champagne shall we say and eat our own dog food in <laughs> terms of using our own tools and and software to deliver you know that uh, uh, that collaboration that, that is essential for us to operate, and and that just correlates directly into into all of our our, our customers out there.
1: But I should take the opportunity then to I'll let, I'll let you tell the listeners why, but uh, I know the name Toto comes from a New Zealand tree, doesn't it?
2: That's right, it does. Yes, it's a protected uh, tree now, um, and it's but it's renowned for its flexibility and its uh, resilience. You know, uh, I think that aligns quite nicely with our approach to software development cool. and and how we're. How we uh, meeting the market, so it's a, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting
1: uh, uh, sort of link to the natural world. Excellent. So, professionally or personally, what is your proudest achievement to date? I
2: mean, personally, being able to raise a family, and and I'm very proud of uh, you know uh, two two fantastic um, uh, young adults now as children. They're smart, sociable, and I hope successful. And it's interesting seeing the world through their eyes, you know, and and seeing how the world will work for them. Is, is it's quite challenging in fact and how things are changing but of course most of the credit goes to my partner pamela <laughs> clearly yeah. in that area but uh professionally speaking uh, well look best is yet to come i think Nick, great well the think it's the best
1: answer to have best is yet to come i think um it is interesting we do a lot of uh analysis on you know from a recruitment perspective on generation z and the way things have changed certainly in the last three to four years in particular has been phenomenal and it's amazing you know to, to have children, even if I've got a nine year old, be able to feed off what she's already able to do at nine years old to see how the industry is changing is quite remarkable. I guess we can always learn, even from my younger, younger ones.
2: Well, definitely. And you know, their approach to technology and their expectations of how they interact with others and how they would work and what their aspirations are are quite different to, to what the a lot of organisations and how they're structured. You know, and I think there's some challenges ahead and to how organizations um, do structure themselves sure. and and how they structure structure job roles themselves so there's uh, yeah there's a there's a lot of lot of change ahead
1: are there any times you can tell us about where perhaps things haven't gone the way you wanted or not from a professional standpoint maybe within the learning sector is there something that that you, you planned with a great outcome, but didn't quite deliver
2: in the way that you'd, you'd anticipated? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, um, that happens all the time, Nick, in terms yeah. of delivering technology projects. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, when I've been working, you know, delivering particular solutions. Uh, that's sort of less so here at Totra, where that's very much the remit of our partners. Sure. But, you know, having you know, back in the day when uh, delivering uh, particular solutions, or even uh, I built a platform myself, which was all about delivering learning transfer so i i think i was quite quite early in spotting what is a, an intractable issue when it comes to training which is too often a lot of people go into training you know courses or sit in classrooms and um uh, they go through that experience good or bad and and then they come back into their work and they forget it all yeah it doesn't nothing changes you know they nothing changes at all so old habits are just uh reinforced so i built a platform which was aimed at delivering um, a constant but spaced uh, set of reminders and uh, uh, around how uh, learning could be reinforced. And that was built out of re- research. And, and in fact, um, I did this quite a, a number of years back. And what I learned <laughs> was that uh, the technology was absolutely sound, and and the approach was good. We had some good customers, but the timing was quite critical. Okay, you know, in terms of going to market, and uh, were were organisations really ready to understand that as an area that they need to invest in further? So, I mean, that's a it's a common thing, I think, in business. You know, it's uh, you can have a great idea, but yeah, and you need to be you know be able to execute well, but also Timing
1: sure. is critical. No, it's ahead of your time
2: just uh, success. Bit. Yeah, yeah, I've I've suffered from that a, a lot <laughs> over <laughs> the years in terms of a lot of solutions I've offered to people. As I mentioned to to you earlier, uh, like terminology, like you know, uh, portable uh, digital assistants, things like that. Offering those to companies and and they lo- love the idea, but they just never quite invested in it at the time. Um, they buy everything else. Yeah. <laughs> but they wouldn't buy that part. So, but it, you know, it, it. And one of the things I think that's attracted me, uh, and continues, I think, to, to to sort of fuel total success is that you know we are meeting a very fundamental need in in that shift that is happening in learning and development and the adoption of technology. You know, learning management it never goes away. If you're going to need, if you're going to need to reorient if you like and and encourage new behaviors in hundreds and thousands of people within a defined time frame you know you need very well structured learning and development to be in place and you need to manage that and 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 track progress etc you know so data is very important to that process and um but it needs to be accessible it needs to be flexible and it needs to be of good value to reach the widest possible sort of audience And, and i think that's what we're we're seeing now it's taken quite a long time for the learning and development world to to sort of properly grapple with in the mainstream you know learning technologies uh i think they're getting to understand it better sure. and 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 some support mechanisms like we have you know TOTRA community for example is is one area where that that sort of understanding starts to develop but that's quite critical i think to um you know, to future adoption being more rapid and more successful.
1: Absolutely. I'd agree. I'd agree. I mean, I would consider you very much a, a key leader, Lars, within the uh, L&D uh, learning space. From your perspective, you know, as Chief Learning Officer at Tower Learning, what do you think are the three key qualities a leader needs to have to demonstrate great leadership?
2: Yes, that will vary depending on the organisation, um, its culture and and its mission. But, um, but I think in my book, it's, um, it's to lead by example, look for opportunities to develop and build the confidence of, of your staff so that they perform at their best and, and to provide some, some vision for the company so that everyone can, can genuinely be excited by. So at Totoro we, you know we do believe we're changing the way our industry works and that's tremendously satisfying and motivating.
1: Tell me about a, a recent L&D project or problem that perhaps you made better, faster, smarter, or, or more efficient. Well, that's an interesting
2: one in the sense that uh, at Totara, um we've got nearly 200 case studies that anyone listening can take a look wow. at on, uh, on totralearning.com. So those case studies, um, and it's difficult to pick any one out, um, but um, if you go there, you'll find you know one that's relevant to your sector. Um, and or your particular sort of need uh, and and the the reason I hesitate a little bit is because they're our partners customers sure. so it's so they're, they're all total customers so I definitely point to some of those you know we have some great relationships with partners such as um, such as think um, who have i know do a lot in the health sector we have other partners who specialize in um in other other types of sectors both in in um, ngos for example so um, we, we, we we're strong there uh, but in particular local government um, and in the retail type sector um there's some great examples out there in terms of extending enterprise so that that means reaching out in a very open way to either your customers or your own resellers. So so there's one example, um, which is around health, uh, hair care, okay. <laughs> for example. So that's, reach, that's reaching out to hairdressers. And there's lots of hairdressers in the world, I can assure you. <laughs> and uh, offering training to them you know, uh, in the way that they're, and they're using Totra as a platform behind that. They can reach a lot of people, a lot of people um, cost-effectively with our approach, as opposed to say building it on a proprietary type of platform so it's um that's quite a distinctive approach okay. there but i would i'd encourage everyone listening to go go look at that case study page because there's yeah there's over 200 i'll make
1: sure i put a, a link there. in the episode notes so if people are interested in checking out those case studies i'll put a direct link so people can just check out the episode notes of this uh L&D podcast and it should take you straight through to those those case studies it be great now I know you started your career as an inst- instructional designer. Does that mean you've always had a passion for learning from the outset, or did you fall into the industry? I actually
2: did have a passion for it early great, on. Great. <laughs> a lot of people have fallen have fallen into this industry from various different other endeavours, and uh, I guess I mean I fell into it at this at the point of doing a master's degree. Interestingly, in music technology. Okay.
1: Uh,
2: so what I found was that that was an interesting experience because I was. Using technology, I was also working with very creative um, musicians as well, and I tried to think. I thought I was one of those, and I was somewhere in the, in the middle between those two extremes. Any particular interest Is um, of interest? Uh, yeah, a keyboard, okay. fun. Uh, but um, but more than that, actually, we were using software. We were creating, we were playing and building some of the first software synthesizers uh, that now you take for granted, or I take for granted, just on on my mobile phone. But we were doing that. Uh, but all I found was I was writing and creating software that had help on it <laughs> no one else was uh, and i was also interested in interfaces and making them really direct and easy to use so i found i was i was i was drawn to that sort of area and i did a thesis actually on what was back then called hypermedia learning environments wow which basically predated the browser pretty much uh, just about so that dates it but what i learned was that through that research was that learning happens through doing Sounds obvious and trite, but actually, a lot of the training world still thinks learning happens abstractly, sure. uh, and then you away from doing. And that, uh, uh, what if if you bought, if could you build an environment that that you could do things in? So, in this case, create music, um, but also have a learning environment built right in, so you had very close access to learning and support as you went. Which, if you think about it, is is only really starting to emerge. In, in various areas. So the new trends, so I say new, but the the new areas of focus around performance support, the use of AI, uh, chatbots, building in, you know, um, uh, sort of automated support into, into people's job workflows yeah. and things like that, that actually direct you to the right answers or give you faster tracks into getting to the right answers so that you can then put it into practice straight away. Also the areas of augmented reality, things like that, in principle that's the root of it
1: as another example of you being slightly ahead of your time
2: uh far too ahead of time <laughs> at that point yeah. but but uh, but it's 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 also interesting learning point was also around being knowing your audience knowing who you're providing learning for so in my case that was that was musicians and that's an interesting bunch of characteristics around how they how they like to learn and want to want to operate especially with technology sure. so my advice out there yeah when you're a learning development professional you need to really know your audience so whether they be sales professionals you're providing training for or whether it's you know um engineers you know they need you do you do need to have a good understanding of how they think and operate
1: no better example really than the learning is in the doing if, if you're talking about music you know, developing your musical talent um it's all in the doing the learning instruments i think it's quite you know, in it's more terms
2: that's right uh it, I, I would agree in that in that area of language learning arguably as well and, and the more immersive you make it the more rapid your learning curves are typically because it's because it's built into that is repetition and practice and also deliberate practice that's a bit if people want to look yes. that up but deliberate practice is really critical and musicians do it by nature. Sports people do it by nature, just naturally. Uh, but we then it starts to dissipate when we do other types of roles and jobs. In the In the UK, we're not particularly good as a whole at learning languages because we don't immerse ourselves. There's no cultural driver sure. to do it. Whereas you go to other countries, there is a cultural driver to immerse yourself and to deliberately practice. The learning of English so that's why it's easier. There's
1: an interesting book I don't know if you're familiar with it Lars I'm going slightly off point here but it's an interesting book called Bounce which talks about 10,000 hours of practice but it's very much meaningful deliberate practice that gets you to the top of any even whether it's musical instruments or, or or sports whatever it might be but if you're having those 10,000 hours of meaningful deliberate practice that you're always advancing your learning then it, it claims you can kind of get to the top of of any of the things that you want to get to the top of within that chosen professional sport. Quite interesting
2: it is the ten thousand hours is slightly dubious in my book but yeah <laughs> the principle of deliberate practice is well researched and, and definitely uh, something that should be built into our learning solution
1: but you may have already lent yourself towards it a little bit with the music piece and so maybe i'm wrong but if you didn't work in learning what do you think you would be doing
2: ah uh, well my dream job was to be a film composer oh okay so that so that would be what i'd be attempting to Great. do fantastic
1: Now, slightly changing uh, the question dynamic here, but if you could be given any superpower, what would it be?
2: Any superpower? Yeah, I, my superpower would be the ability to generate superpowers.
1: Ah, nice. You've thought about that one. <laughs> if you haven't, that's very clever.
2: Excellent. I literally just thought of that one. One
1: <laughs> anyway, well, of the best answers I've had so far, I think. And that kind of trumps any other answer I'll probably ever get in the future as well. Okay. We'll run with that. I like that. Very good. <laughs> okay. okay, so we're going to dive back into uh, some final questions uh, for those L&D professionals out there that want to find out a little bit more about your view on what the main party should be for L and D.
0: The L and D podcast: final questions to help listeners engage, learn, and perform.
1: Um, you've obviously worked extensively um, within Lingua for a long, long time. And I know that there's that the demands of commercial organisations between private and higher education are going to be different. I just wondered if you, from your perspective, from a learning perspective if you feel the learning demands of commercial enterprises and educational organizations are differ are different rather or or you think they're similar or are they a bit of both if you look at both
2: the workplace and higher education you can see that things are evolving at pace and and in in different ways so there's a lot of challenges to the higher education world and in how that the and how they're offering um uh, the, the, the sort of learning experience but they've been adopting learning technology for a good while um, and they've been experimenting you know with with it to deliver hopefully a, a more effective uh, or certainly a more efficient um, learning experience. Sure. Um, does it, it I think that you know the goals are slightly different uh, in the sense of if you've got an acad- a pure academic approach um, you know the sort of learning experience is a little distinct from from a more practical um, uh, sort of work or, or sort of job roles that you'd be training to do in, in a commercial sense. But that said, you know, there is a whole area uh, called competency-based education, and that's been growing, especially in the U.S. as, a, as an area where, you know, much more vocationally-driven curricula are being created. And, and, and where that's growing and, and where that's in place, then there's actually quite a lot of similarity, actually, between the workplace dynamics and, and, the, and the sort of structures of the learning experience and the, sure. and the sort of learning management requirements behind it but there's you know, there are some bigger issues sort of arising you know I'm sure you've heard anecdotes of you know uh, the you know, commercial world struggling to sort of assimilate graduates yeah. coming into the workplace because there's quite a disconnect in terms of skill sets and, and in fact yeah you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this in particular from a recruitment perspective you know and so the, 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 there is a there is a difference there. There's also, I think, some similarities in terms of sometimes the oversimplistic adoption and use of technology and offering that to their audiences. So higher education offering it to students, um, you know, they may have a learning pl- platform in place and really all they're using it for is as a repository for sure. documents and, and PowerPoint slides and asking students to work through that and not necessarily leveraging it in any other more sophisticated way, still useful because it's providing easier access to things, but it's not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a particularly sophisticated use case. And that that can often mimic uh, what happens in a commercial organisation where there's a over focus on, on sort of one hit courses that you ask people to go on to, taking them out of the workplace, yeah. and and they do them and they complete them and they tick the box and then they come back into the workplace. And as I mentioned before, they forget forget it all. And, that, and no, nothing really changes. So the outcome on both of those can be, you know, you're not really helping the learning processes as, as much as you as you think you are. And and the dynamics of uh, the individual as a learner, you know, whether you're in a role, job role, or whether you're a student, you know, those things are are, are quite similar. And we're now in a in an age where we we carry around with us a really fantastic learning device you know, through our phone and and through search engines and through uh, our ability to connect with anyone and everyone we, we need, you know, used correctly, that's very powerful, oh. massively accelerates the ability to learn, certainly in unstructured ways. When it comes to higher education, which offers a curricular and a sort of a longer term sort of path from one set of understanding to a new set with with new skills, then that that pedagogical design approach is really important. In the commercial world, you know, there's there's lots of challenges to that not least because a lot of L&D departments um, may not have those that deep understanding of how to structure those things, but equally, their world moves quickly and you can't spend a long time building complicated structures if, if they're just going to go out of date. Yeah, sure. Instantly. I think, you know,
1: from my perspective, very much a personal perspective here, but I think it's almost more essential than ever that higher education establishments take advantage of some of the kind of technologies that Toto or other organisations offer because if i use marketing recruitment as an example commercial enterprises now will often find that there's a marketing graduate coming out but what they've learned over the last three years is almost almost the first two years is already out of date their learning for this person is already out of date so it moves so quickly now that sometimes you can lose the power if you like or some of the learning outcomes during a three-year degree the commercial world and technology world is moving much faster than speed it's being taught at so if you're able to Respond quickly by using platforms like Twitter within a higher educational framework or or, or, or or business. I think that's, I think it's a smarter use of or a smarter way to train, a smarter way to learn because you're still immersed within that educational environment. So hopefully the, the learning is deliberate, but hopefully you remain up to speed when you come out of that. You know, when you, you do graduate, you're looking for work. You're not out of date with what you've been learning. And I think there's at the moment there's a disconnect between what commercial people employers are looking for at a graduate level because they are sometimes now not going straight to universities for their people because they feel that actually those that sometimes didn't go to university but have been immersed in particular social platforms or whatever it might be at that level, that they're actually sometimes more on the pulse. So I think that between those graduating and those that didn't go and the skills that employers are looking for, I think there's there's an opportunity for our higher education organisations to really embrace the new technology that companies like to offer. I think it'll only benefit graduates if they're able to learn in that way.
2: Indeed, indeed, and uh, the good news is is that a lot of a lot of students coming out of universities will actually f- um, find TOTRA quite familiar because some of the roots of, of TOTRA reside in a platform called Moodle, and Moodle is very well used in the higher education sector. So uh, you know, an organisation that's using TOTRA and hiring a graduate, they they would see that you know it'd be quite oh. easy for them to sort of get going with it great
1: so right right now what do you think the main priorities are or should be for l&d teams you know are there any sort of key takeaways or practical steps that you think l&d teams could be looking at right now That perhaps upon listening to this podcast they can immediately go away and start to implement
2: that's a that's a good question l&d teams i think there's it's never been so exciting for them but equally it's never been so critical for them to assert themselves and Put their hands up and say, you know, we can, we can make a, a powerful difference to the performance of this organisation if uh, if we have a more strategic outlook and and seat at the table, as it were, um, at, at an organisation. So if you if you take that back to, you know, what are the key differentiators for an organisation to, to thrive in the future, uh, or even now, you know, it is how they manage and develop the culture of those those people and the skills and development of those of those staff so that they can perform well in the roles they have now but also prepare them to be agile enough to change those jobs and those roles when they need to and so from an lnd perspective that means those those teams need to have a deeper understanding of the learning technology in front of them and that means acquiring some new skills themselves that means um, having a deeper understanding of how learning really works in terms of not not the sort of learning sort of theories that I think are quite popular in L and D, but more deeper, researched, driven, um, or research-backed, evidence sort of uh, dynamics of how learning does facilitate itself oh. uh, in practice. So, and that takes work, and that takes it takes an interest in in doing so, and it needs it also needs support from the leadership teams that they. Uh, report to to give them the space and time, and to and to re- maybe even restructure those L and D teams to, to include those sorts of skills and resources. So, in terms of a practical step, then that they could, that any L and D team or person listening to this, it is that w- we have actually made a home for a curricula that is absolutely aimed at the modern L and D professional or learning professional. and It's called Skills Journey, and it sits in our TOTRA community. And um if you go in there then you can you you can explore it in more depth. But what what it what it's aimed at doing is to give is it is actually to practice those skills. Um there's a lot going on and, and it and, and and it's important that people understand what they are presented by various vendors out there. You know, there's lots of terminology such as, you know, micro learning, um gamification, yeah. learning coach bots. Uh, sort of virtual reality immersive technologies there's a lot of things that that are being discussed and talked about but they're not all of them relevant to any one particular organization at this precise time so it's it's absolutely critical that that that, that uh, those D teams are feel confident in in their knowledge of 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 assessing what what will work for their people and i don't need to be
1: a, a total um i don't need to be using total to be able to access that community
2: no 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 exactly it's free right. it's a free account uh anyone can come in with an earning and development sort of interest the opportunity to interact with you know with 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 thousands of others Fantastic. around the world so it's it's quite a powerful yeah, i'll make sure i put a yeah. link
1: to, to that as well if anyone's interested in, in getting involved check out the episode notes and you'll give it a quick straight through to, to check it out in more detail. Fantastic. Now I know we have a mutual friend in Sean Wild, CEO at Think Learning. They mentioned Think being one of the partners of, of Toto and they're a company that sponsored this LD podcast. They are one of your Toto Platinum partners. So what are the key things you would look for in a, in a Toto partner?
2: What's great about our partner network is it it, it 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 is like an ecosystem. So there's there's no one shape or size of partner necessarily, but one Characteristic that binds them all is, is that they, you know, they share that belief with us that open technology is strategically a smarter investment choice um, over other approaches and that as a partner, they can see how they can offer, you know, a, a richer, but more flexible solution to their customers as a result. And I know Sean and the Think team do that very well. So the other aspects of of, of a a partner, clearly they need to demonstrate a good good uh, understanding of the technology itself and have the skills and ability to extend it if need be and operate with it. They need to understand how learning does work. And also how it doesn't work inside large organisations or even small organisations. So you know, around our partner network, you'll see some will be very, if you like, learning content solution focused, and that the platform that uh, Tota is used to sort of provide the home for that. You'll you'll find other partners who are very focused on the. The technology sort of implementation and configuration itself, and we'll focus on you know extending it to integrate with other systems and really sort of embed it inside the organisation. So more technology oriented focus. We have a good spread, you know, of well, there's, there's actually ninety five oh, wow. of them wow. around the world. So there's a good, there's a good there's a good number of them, and you know there's always room for 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 more so we, we we're keen to extend that network because it's it's it's, it's a complementary yeah. thing you know and and that as we get more partners involved the you know the more markets and the more sort of sector specific solutions can be made available um and that that will actually ultimately benefit Fantastic. all
1: Fantastic. now last question before we enter the LND vault uh, it does make sense for me to ask you why lnd professionals listening to this podcast should be encouraged to embrace open technology i know that you know Toto believe that with their open technology, it allows it to be more flexible, more innovative. It's a very innovative platform, which oh, you've mentioned on this podcast means it can evolve at a pace that hopefully will match the demands of the modern workplace. But are there any other areas perhaps we haven't discussed that, you know, if you had to give one more kind of um, advocate point, if you like, as to why the team should perhaps have already embrace open technology, what would it be?
2: Well, I think I think it's for them to think carefully about how they buy learning technology going forward and to think about how it connects strategically. So if they're asking themselves the question, okay, I'm buying a platform, I know I need to manage my you know, learning community, uh, my audience. How am I going to do that? Um, what's the pace? You know, what, ch- w- at what point are things going to change? How certain am I that they're going to change and how certain am I that it's going to happen in uncertain ways, <laughs> which is probably sure. very likely. So and in all of those circumstances, you've got to think about how, if you if you were to buy a, 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 some technology, um, you find yourself in a situation where you do need to change, and you need to change at your own pace. You don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're locked in either commercially or in a technology sense that you literally can't do anything with it. You 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 either just have to start again yeah. elsewhere, so you literally stop and start again, or as it actually happens in many cases, is there's a sense of drift, and you can get six months, twelve months, even eighteen months can drift by where your your target audience loses interest. Um, you're not really getting any real value from the platform that you invested in, and and that's because you you're sure. hamstrung. Sure. With an open technology approach, you you don't you know you're in sure. control, so you can decide what happens. It allows
1: when. you, to, as you've mentioned, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I guess it allows them to, to keep ahead of the curve as well, and it's, it's, it's quite adaptive
0: fantastic
2: uh, absolutely
1: so we're gonna open
0: yeah. the l and d vault opening the l and d vault
1: what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone working in learning and development right now
2: well i'll return to that topic of 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 skills um they're a learning professional that means they need to know a lot about learning and development they need to keep abreast of that and i um I mean, slightly slightly in a slightly sort of blunt way um It's time to level up, you know, the L&D needs to take a more strategic role in their organizations if they're going to stay relevant. Otherwise, they will, you know, lose relevance. The, you know, those skills are shifting. They need a more solid understanding of digital communication and the new technologies that, that are shaping or reshaping current jobs and workflows and processes it's 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 quite complex and that's it, it, that this that should be seen as an opportunity for development for themselves and that you know recognizing that it's as much about finding ways to support performance as it is over creating structured training. you know it's being able to understand when to apply what. and that I think offers you know significant strategic value to business uh, going forward and they will stay relevant as a result. Fantastic,
1: fantastic answer. I have to say, I think that answer is probably relevant to more than just L&D as well. I think it's an organisational wide advice you could pass on to those working in human resources, payroll, marketing, whatever it might be. I think um, the digital landscape, as you say, is changing so quickly that people need to stay relevant and be proactive about making those changes. Uh, A fantastic response, thank you. So Lars, when you look at the L&D profession from an eagle's viewpoint, what do you think is holding the industry back?
2: Uh, I think it's that confidence that they're and feeling confident that they've got the right strategic message to advise and guide their leadership. I think that because of that lack of confidence, it means they don't get taken as seriously as they should. They're often order takers rather than viewed as a trusted advisor and shaper of business strategy. Now there are opportunities there. Um, They can do that. Uh, It means acquiring some new skills and understanding um, how You know, technology is impacting both what they do as well as what is impacting across their businesses in a broader sense anyway. So the opportunity is absolutely there to embed learning into these new workflows and processes that are happening anyway. And there will be an element of automation that can work well, um, but they've got to be in a position to advise where applying some technology may be actually not not such a good sure. idea sure. as yeah. well so um so it's, it you know that intelligent understanding and being able to communicate that persuasively is quite critical
1: sure. brilliant. brilliant if we're sitting here a year from now celebrating what's a great year it's been for you or for, or for and as a business what will you have hoped to achieve
2: well i i would love to be sitting here looking at the Totra community itself and seeing that it's grown significantly and it's connected more thousands of learning professionals across the world and that they're sharing best practice. You know, we're already seeing evidence of that already, but the the potential there, and this is what I find very exciting because of the reach of the Totra technology across the world is that we can support that leveling up process, if you like, of leveling up L&D to meet those digital challenges of the workplace. You know, I think that's that's got to happen if the workplace is going to be supportive in positive ways, you know, for people in their work. Um, you know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of talk of, of, you know, automation. There's a lot of talk of, you know, the loss of whole job areas and sectors. And yes, that may will happen, but uh, more positively or more optimistically, you know, there's a, there's going to be a transformation of jobs into other types of jobs. And the learning community has a key role in helping that transform. Position happen.
1: Sure, I agree. I think um some of these studies are headline making as well. I think if you look beneath the surface with the I mean, it's the BBC study that, that scared people to talk about how many jobs might be automated but actually um it's a lot of these studies refer to tasks within jobs being automated as opposed to the full job itself. And I think for those of you that might be out there listening is fearful that perhaps your role is one of those that is on that list of being automated maybe you know, rest assured it's 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 going to be unlikely that entire professions are going to be automated, it's the tasks within the jobs, I think, that might change, which hopefully will give people more time if the simple Sort of mundane type tasks can be automated, and that will give L and D professionals more time to, to spend on that strategic element you were talking about before, and really sort of driving strategic change. Because hopefully they'll have a little bit more time to do so.
2: Absolutely, and you know, the, the, there's a there's it's much more nuanced. I think the argument around uh, artificial intelligence and, and machine learning and and all of those things. Yes, it's going to be transformational. However, as you've just pointed out, it's it's much more targeted, and and it should be seen. And harnessed in a positive way, absolutely. I think, and not seen as, a, as an outright threat. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So last question. Uh, what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone who is embarking on a career in learning and development?
2: Whatever happens, learning is fundamental to human existence. So if you see it that way, then learning and development, it, it will play a much more strategic role in the future. You know, so those who do make that transition will survive, as it were. The skills will change as well throughout that, Um, and and the exciting thing is that we're just at the beginning in understanding how the learning process really works. So, my advice to those who are interested in developing a career as a learning professional, well, I think you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's going to get genuinely more professional, (laughs) shall we say? Yeah, you know, and. And those who will succeed, I think, need to be curious. They need to be critical of, of, of sort of traditional beliefs and views um, and be much more sort of evidence-based and research-based. They do need to keep abreast of of, of technology as it develops, AI, immersive technologies, etc. cetera. Um, however, absolutely don't neglect the social interaction and the communication that underpins all workplaces. Oh. You know, we're... With social animals at heart and that's never going to go away um so yeah exciting times lie ahead Brilliant. so yeah please to
1: finish the podcast thanks ever so much exciting times ahead for for those either working in D already or, or indeed embarking on a career in learning and development for the future so listen thanks ever so much Charles, for joining me on this D podcast it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board and some really interesting and fascinating insights into both Totara and also the industry as a whole. So thank you ever so much. You can also go to their website, which is totaralearning.com. Um, and on that website, you can actually request a demo if you're interested in the software. There is uh, resources and obviously the 200 plus case studies that uh, that, that Lars uh, mentioned in the podcast, as well as various other links that you can go to regarding solutions, partners, and so on and so forth. So I definitely recommend taking a look at that. That's to totaralearning.com. Apart from that, I'd just like to say a huge thank you, guys for joining me today. It's been a a really interesting and fascinating insight into the world of L&D. And I will look forward to speaking to you all again in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to the L&D podcast with your host, Nick Day of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. This podcast has been sponsored by Think Learning. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please review it, share it and subscribe so you never miss a future episode.